I want to uh, share an experience I had a few weeks ago. I, I went to a place, that's all I'm going to call it, is a place, and I thought it was going to be just a few people in this place. For the last several months, I have been very uh, serious about COVID, very serious about protecting myself, very serious about protecting you. That's why I haven't gathered. People have asked me over and over again, but I said I'm not pulling them together because I have too many people, and I can't keep them all safe. I understand everybody else's viewpoint. That's their issue, but I know what I can't do. And so I decided that I would take my time, pray, ask God to give me wisdom so that I would not put you in any danger. Now, I understand everybody has a different viewpoint, and that's fine. But me, I'm, I'm real practical. I don't like lying to myself. I want to be honest with myself. I want to tell myself the truth. And the truth is, your life is worth more than any church service. Your life is worth more. Your family is worth more than any, any event where you come and hear me talk. In my opinion, uh, I'm not a necessary part of your life. Jesus is. I'm a gift. Jesus is who you need in your life. I'm glad you love me. I'm glad you love this church. But this church is not more important than your family or your family's safety. There's nothing that I could ever do to apologize if I put you at risk unnecessarily. Now, if we get into combat and things happen, that's combat. But if I have a choice in the matter, I'm not going to do that. Not for money, not for fame, and not because I'm afraid the church is going to disappear. And so I respect all those friends of mine who did the other, uh, took other, other methods. That's them. I'm talking about as for me and my house, as for me and this church where I pastor, we're not going to go that way. We're going to go the other way. And I thank God he gave us a digital platform that we've been on since 2007. I thank God that he gave us a wonderful TV crew. I thank God that he gave us a wonderful staff. I thank God for all the volunteers. Can we give them all a big honk and a big amen? Come on, give them all a big amen. But let me say this. What happened to me the other week shook me. Because when I went to this place I told you about, there were more people present than I expected. And I found myself angry, number one, that it was that many people because I thought it wasn't going to be that many people. So I immediately got into an attitude. What's all these people doing here? All these people. I, I, I thought it wasn't going to be this many people. And then they didn't have any mask on. I said, okay. It was right after they told everybody when you're outside, if you, you, know, you, you can not wear a mask outside. And so I said, well, okay, I'm going to work this out. And I had, to, I had to pray. I had to stand in one spot and pray and ask God to help me because I had a moment. I had an angry moment. I had a fear-filled fear moment. And after this was over with, the Lord gave me this word. Repeat the topic with me, please. What are you afraid of? That's what came to my mind. What are you afraid of? You know, in this moment when I was fearful, struggling in that moment, about three minutes. I stood in one spot for about three minutes and prayed. My family watched me. Diane watched me. Christina watched me. 
And I said, y'all just give me a minute. I had to pray. And then after this was all over with, I made it through. Everything was fine. I'm safe. Didn't catch anything. Everything's fine. The Lord dealt with me about fear. Here's what I can't do. Two things. I can't disrespect something that's dangerous. That's number one. Number two, I can't allow myself to be a person who is so fearful that I'm terrified. I've got to find a way to live in the middle. There's a word in the Greek for fear. Phobos is the word. Our word phobia comes from it. And it has two meanings. In some contexts in the Bible, it means to reverence, to respect. Fear the Lord your God. Phobos, the Lord your God. Reverence him. On the other side, it says, fear the God who can, who, who, who's angry with you. So you have two different meanings of the same word, two different uses. One is to be terrified. One is to be reverenced. There is a point in your life where you need to understand there is a reverential side of fear. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13 talks about it. Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oath in his name. That's the reverential side of fear, Deuteronomy 6.13. But then there is a wise use of fear, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So there is a reverential fear. There is also a wise amount of fear. Now, people have often said to me, well, Tab, are you afraid? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. There's some things you need to be scared of. I don't dance with snakes and I don't kiss alligators. I'm clear. There's some things that are dangerous. There, there, there is, but there's also a damaging fear. 1 John chapter 4 says this, God is love. Whosoever lives, verse 16, in love, 1 John 4, 16, whoever lives in, in love lives in God and God in him. This is how love is made, complete, mature among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this, uh, in this world, we are like Jesus. There is, verse 18, 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, mature love, cast out all fear. Mature love, cast out all fear. Standing there, I realized that I had stepped into some unwise fear. And I think some of us need to be careful during this season, to not allow ourselves to go too far to the left where you are afraid of everything, everybody. I was, going, uh, I was getting some gas, and this guy was having trouble getting gas in his car. He couldn't figure out how to get the car gas tank open. And uh, it happened to be an Indian brother, and he was uh, asking the lady at the gas station, uh, could she help him? And she looked over at me. I don't know if she recognized me or not, but she said, uh, could you help him? I said, I don't work here. I don't know why you're asking me. I don't work here. I didn't say that out loud in my head. I said it. And, and I looked at the guy, and, and he looked like this, and he's stuck at the gas station. And so I walked over to him, put a little mask on, and I said, uh, what you need? And he, he said, I, I can't start my car. I can't start my car. I don't know what to do. I can't get the gas in the car. And so I figured it out for him. I said, give, give me the manual. We figured it out, got him going. That, that's a moment when I shouldn't allow fear to dominate me. There are moments in life in this season when we got to deal with this thing. And we can't allow ourselves to go too far to the left. 
where we're afraid of everything. So what are you afraid of? You can't be afraid of people. You got to respect the danger, but not be afraid. Three temptations came, I believe, in the life of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And these three temptations to me spoke to me and gave me an answer for this, a balance. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Three temptations fear brings to all of us that we all can relate to. Fear can tempt us to listen to unwise counsel. Fear can tempt us to take foolish risk. Fear can tempt us to seek short-term status. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was confronted with a lot of temptations to be fearful. But I want you to watch how he responded to his fears. The tempter came to him, chapter 4, verse 1, and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Notice he's tempting Jesus to listen to unwise counsel. During this season, we are all tempted to listen to unwise counsel. Notice what Jesus said. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but out of every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, don't just listen to people, listen to God. Don't just let everybody in the world around you influence you. Learn to listen to God. Can I get an amen on that one? Number two, look at verse five of chapter four. He was tempted to take a foolish chance. This is important, verse five. The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. This is one of the most incredible verses in the Bible. If you want to know how to deal with this season, look at this verse. The devil said, jump off and prove that you trust God. Take a chance. Take a risk. I don't take risk unnecessarily. I understand that that's not God's will. That doesn't prove that I have faith. It can prove that I'm foolish. Here's what Jesus said in verse 7. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. You know your mom used to say, don't try me. Don't try me. Don't do things that are foolish. Don't go spend all your money and ask me to give you some more. Don't eat all that junk and then ask me to make you well. Don't ignore your doctor's advice and then pray for healing and deliverance. Don't miss work unnecessarily. Get a lower check and then believe God for a miracle. Don't drive to the church with no gas. Well, some of you might have done that. I hope, hope your car's running. By. Matter of fact, keep your car running. You need, to, you need to believe God to work every day, save some money so you can fill up your tank. Don't always tempt God by doing foolish things. I've done that. I've made those mistakes. And I know that sometimes if you're not careful, you'll be pushed into a place fearing that maybe you're not being bold enough, fearing that you're not maybe showing off your spiritual strength. Jesus said, don't tempt the Lord your God. And I've seen a lot of that in this, in this season. Christians not, not taking all the precautions they should. As a church, it's important for you to understand the words of Jesus. Don't take unnecessary risks. Number three, are you tempted to focus on short-term status? What's amazing is he took Jesus next to the temple and said, listen, I'm going to give you all this kingdom if you just bow down and serve me. I'm going to give you everything you see if you just bow down and serve me. All you got to do is do exactly what I tell you. And I love Jesus' response. Think long-term 
He said, worship the Lord your God, in verse 10, and serve him only. In other words, no. I'm not going to think short term. I'm not going to let fear push me. And it crowds me into a bad place or an unwise place. A lot of us is because a lot of the things that I've seen us fall into in the last several months in the Christian church, a lot of things I've seen believers do is because they don't understand God. If you understand God and you understand how he thinks, you won't allow fear to dominate your life. You'll find that balanced moment. In that moment when I was intimidated, the word of God rose up in my heart. In that moment when I was standing there praying for those three minutes, in that moment when I felt, Lord God, how do I view this? The word of God rose up in me. And I believe there's something about this season that gives you a chance to open your heart and say, God, show me who you are. Help me understand your way. In the midst of confusion, in the midst of plagues, in the midst of death, in the midst of loss, in the midst of pain, I trust you. And so, God, today we come as a church declaring that we will not live in fear. We come today declaring that we will not be intimidated. We come declaring, Lord God, that we will not allow ourselves to be lost. We will remember you in the times of intimidation, but we will not be foolish. We will not make foolish choices. We will not follow foolish people. We will not allow ourselves to follow the crowd. We're going to stand up and be bold and trust you and live wisely. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, say amen.